So when I was growing up, um, we used to stand whenever the Bible was read, and that's kind of uh, gone out of style, and that's okay. Uh, there's different different things in different generations, but I think it would be good for us today to stand if you're able for the reading of the word, um, and we're just going to hear what God has to say to us today. I'm going to be reading out of Matthew 28. It'll be on the screen, but I'm going to be reading out of my Bible. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God, we welcome you into this place. Lord, we ask that uh, that people would not hear my words, but that they would hear your words through me. And Father, that you would anoint so much more than the speaker. Would you anoint the hearers today, God? Would every single one of us walk away from this place changed by your Holy Spirit and ready to implement and apply whatever it is you have for us today? In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. You can be seated this morning. Thank you. So I have made some jokes up here, but I make a lot of jokes. Um, It's a coping mechanism. But I made some jokes up here before about um, being old, feeling old. And I tend to tick some people off when I do that, if I can be honest with you, because there are some people that are a little more seasoned than me, and they don't like to hear that I think I'm old because, you know, okay. But here's the deal. I know I'm not old. I don't like how much laughter there was just now, but I know I'm not old, but I am in a season of my life where I am going through a crisis of aging because this is the first time in my lifetime that trends that I actively engaged in when I was a young person have come back around to be popular again, okay? So those of you that have circled the sun a few more times than I have, you know that every 20, 30 years, a trend comes back, right? Like, you know, what people wear, what people listen to, you know, all that kind of thing, what people do, it comes back around. I knew this was true, but this is the first time in my life that I have been on the other side of it Um, because I used to do things when I was a teenager that uh, we thought was cool. Like I remember when skinny jeans, I'm wearing skinny jeans this morning. I remember when skinny jeans came in. None of us wore skinny jeans when I was in uh, early high school. And uh, so we had to make skinny jeans. And so we would take our jeans that were not skinny jeans and we would take them at the bottom and fold them in and, and cuff them. You know, this move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. And so then I would go to church looking all cool and all these old people like my parents age would be like hey we used to do that and I would be like yeah but it's cool when we do it you old person and so I would be like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. And this continued for like a lot of years. Like I was in my early 20s, we launched this church and I'm like up here giving my all, leading worship and everything. And I get down off stage and someone would beeline it to me and be like, we wore those earrings in the 80s. <sighs> and so I swore to myself that when I got old like them, I would not comment on younger people's stuff. Well, now I'm 31 and I know that's not old, but the young people, the kids these days, they're getting into those 90s and early 2000s vintage vibes and they're stealing my stuff. (laughs) They're wearing my clothes. They're wearing, they're, Raina, they're wearing 
my smiley face t-shirts and my bootcut jeans and my butterfly clips and my scrunchies and I don't appreciate it. And what is happening is I just hear it. It's, it's like an involuntary, it's a reflex, right? I'm like, hey, we used to, and I just see them looking at me like, don't say it. <laughs> the worst part isn't the clothes. The worst part is the music because they are taking my music. And this is generational appropriation and I don't appreciate it. Because like, okay, a teen came to teen group, sure is my witness, Pastor Veronica, wearing a Fallout Boy t-shirt. And I was like, give me that. That's not your shirt, that's my shirt. Did you spend all of the early 2000s in Hot Topic buying belts that you never put in your belt loops? Because if you didn't, then that's my shirt. And then, okay, if this feels, I'm, promise this matters, okay? We're gonna get there. If this feels unrelatable to you, because you're like, I don't know who she's talking about, I just want you to think for a second about the artist that was big when you were a young adult, and now people like say that they know this artist, and you're like, nuh-uh, right? Like, I don't know what kind of music you listen to, but I looked up like some of the biggest artists of each generation, I don't know if it was for you, if it was like Elvis, or the Beatles, or Michael Jackson, or Whitney Houston, or Celine Dion, or Beyonce, but like someone says they know that music now, and you're like, you don't know that music, okay? So here's, here's who it is for me. It's Taylor Swift. Thank you, okay? But don't cheer if you're younger than me because you don't know. We were at summer camp this year. We took 50 kids up in the mountains for summer camp and there's this, yeah, mm -hmm, you know, there's this little group of kids, they're in the corner and they're singing Taylor Swift songs and I walked by and I was like, oh, I love that song. And this is what these little children said to me. They said, oh, you know Taylor Swift? I, I said I wasn't gonna do it. I swore to myself I was not gonna comment. Do I know Taylor Swift? Do I know, child, I own Taylor Swift's first album on CD. And I didn't order it, ironically, off of Amazon. I went, I went to the Walmart and I stood in a line and I paid for it with cash and dare I say coin. And then I took it home and I put it in my CD player and I memorized all of the lyrics. When iTunes first came out, I searched from a desktop computer in the family room, Tim McGraw, and then I got mad when Tim McGraw came up because I didn't want to listen to Tim McGraw. I wanted to listen to Taylor Swift sing about listening to Tim McGraw. Child, the good Lord had not even knit you together in your mother's womb when I was saving every penny I had to go to a Taylor Swift concert. Do I know Taylor Swift? And they did not talk to me again at summer camp. A lot of the tension between older generations and younger generations starts when we get proprietary with trends and ideas. And a lot of the tension between the church and the world starts when we get proprietary with Jesus. I'm gonna say that again. A lot of the tension between the church and the world starts when we get proprietary with Jesus. 
We get bothered when people experience him in a way that looks or sounds or feels different than we experience him. And we say that we want every person to know Jesus. And we say that we want to link arms with the global church. And we say that we love our church family. But sometimes what we mean is we want to transfer our way of doing things to every other person and culture. What we mean is we will live quietly and peacefully among the church family as long as the programming fits our needs and the volume is where we want it and they do what I think they should do with our tithe dollars and they don't change the service time or heaven forbid, sit in my seat. And a good indicator that you might be being convicted a little bit this morning is if you're really irritated with me right now and I'm a big girl. I mean, I'm 31 years old. I can take it. But that's actually not the worst of it. Because oftentimes this selfishness, this arrogance, it actually stops us from sharing Jesus with other people. If we don't think that someone fits the profile of our brand of Christianity, we skip them over. When I was a teenager, I grew up in the church. When I was a a teenager, they used to tell us in youth group on Wednesday nights, go to school and invite someone to church. Invite them to youth group. And I would go to school, the little freshman in high school, and I would just observe. And if I could picture someone raising their hands, and if I could imagine them singing along with the songs, and if I thought they would listen to the pastor while they were talking, then and only then, would I invite them to church? And the sad part is, I didn't know I was doing it. I was just a kid being raised in a church where everybody looked the same and talked the same and acted the same and expected everyone else to do the same or else. And I will never forget one year we did, I was a freshman in high school, our church was running a few hundred people and they did a production of Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. How many of you remember Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames? If you don't remember it, it's gonna sound weird, but hang with me here for a second, okay? We used to do this performance uh, that they would come and they would do a big set in your church um, and then the actors were all volunteers from the church and uh, it would be like these skits about people who were living their life a certain way and then they died and they either went to heaven or they went to hell and it was like a really emotional production. It, it can be really beautiful and well done and it served its purpose. But the idea was to get people from the community to come watch this performance and uh, have to answer the question, if you died today, would you be going to heaven or would you be going to hell? And so what they did after we spent like a week getting ready for this, you know, big production um, is that they would give us these tickets and they would tell us, go on the community and give people these free tickets to the performance so that hopefully they will come in and they will hear the good news of Jesus. And so I took the stack that they gave me and I went to school And I gave them to everyone that I thought should come. And then that first night, the play began, and I'm standing in the back of the room. And this was a a big auditorium with those pews, you know, like big, long pews. And, And there was an empty seat in the back, packed house, but an empty seat in the back, just in the corner. And it was like there was a spotlight on this empty seat. And as sure as I'm standing here, 
the Lord spoke to my little, little 13, little 14 year old heart. But it wasn't in words, it was in pictures. Because suddenly in that seat that looked like it had a, a spotlight on it, at this production at my church, I, I saw my classmates. Like a slideshow before me, I saw the cool kids. I saw the mean kids. I saw the violent kids. I saw the drug users and the sexually active and the drinkers. And I saw the kids that were already involved in other religions. And I saw the kids that were on the fringes and acted kind of off. Like a slideshow in my own eyes, I saw every single one of my classmates from every background sitting in a pew at my church. And for the first time, it occurred to me that I was supposed to reach all of them. May God take me home before I ever see the day that a child will live 14 years in our church that anyone will spend any amount of time here and not know that Jesus is for everyone. So at this time, I've asked uh, some of our volunteers to distribute a paper. And they're gonna bring it to everyone in the room, wherever you're sitting. Thank you so much. They're gonna bring this paper around to you. And this is just one sheet. It's yours to keep. And I want everyone to get one. It's simply entitled Salvation. And as they're handing it out, I'll let you know that you're going to find on this sheet some scriptures pulled from the book of Romans, what we traditionally in the church call the Romans road to salvation. There are scriptures that are pulled out of that book that explain step by step the good news of Jesus Christ. And what we do is we, we read these in order and they take us from completely lost to totally saved, the whole story, the biblical proof, the understanding of this process. And so one more time, if you're able today, I'm going to ask that you would stand with me for the reading of the word. You can follow along on the sheet in front of you. These scriptures are also gonna be on the screen Let's read together. First of all, Romans 3, verse 10. It says this, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. How about Romans 3, 23? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 10.9, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And finally, Romans 10.13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can have a seat this morning. If you don't know Jesus yet, if you haven't followed the Romans road, whatever that looked like for you, and you haven't accepted the free gift of salvation that Jesus offers to everyone, I cannot make it any more clear than it is on the paper in front of you right now. 
This is good news. It is a free gift. And God wants to give it to you. No matter your background, your past, no matter what's been going on in your life, because He loves you more than you could possibly ever imagine. And all you have to do to accept this gift of salvation is pray. And there are no magic words, no uh, secret formula to salvation. But if you need a starting point, I went ahead and put a prayer at the bottom of this page. And actually, in a couple of minutes here, I'm going to pray it out loud. And if you're ready to say that prayer and say yes to Jesus, then you can pray it with me. And today is going to be the best day of your life. But before I do, I need to talk to those of you that are listening to my voice that do know Jesus, that have said yes, and you are saved. I need to remind you that you are called to tell people about Jesus. I need to remind you with love and respect that you do not own the rights to Jesus Christ. I need to remind you that it is your life's great responsibility and your great privilege on earth to tell everyone about Jesus because Jesus is for everyone. And the God's single greatest tool to tell other people the good news is his people, the church. And we are called to go to the ends of the earth, to travel as far and as wide as necessary to tell the whole world the good news of Jesus Christ. But we learn from Acts 1-8 that we are to start where we're at in our own hometown, in our neighborhood, in our own little world. And so here's what's gonna happen today. The worship team is gonna come. We do that just to give us a, a moment of intimacy for you to think and you to pray. I'm gonna pray the prayer of salvation that's at the bottom of that page. And, and if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, then I want you to pray it along with me. And when you mean it in your heart, remember Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There is no caveat. If you've already said yes to Jesus, whether it was last week or decades ago, I wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me too. In remembrance, in gratitude, in an act of recommitment to the whole gospel. And then after I've prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to move on what God has called you to do today. The front of this stage is lined with cards. There's enough for everybody to have one. And what they say on them is Harvest North America. This is a, a ministry that we partnered with before. We're partnering again with them this fall. The idea of this card is there's 10 lines on it, 10 spaces for you to write down the names of 10 people that you are personally committing to pray for their salvation. 10 people in your world people who are close to you relationally or people who are close to you in proximity that don't know Jesus yet. And you're gonna take this card home. You're not turning it in. It's not gonna be graded, posted. You're gonna take it home and you're gonna use it as a tool 
to pray for those 10 people, to pray that God would bring them to salvation, to pray for opportunities to share the good news with them. I believe in praying for everyone's salvation, but I also believe that God calls us to start where we're at. And so there are people in your family, in your business, in your friend circle that don't know Jesus, that you may have become so accustomed to knowing that, that you've lost the urgency, the knowledge that if they close their eyes in death today, they will not wake up in an eternity with Jesus Christ. But there are also people that are close to you in proximity. People you may not even know their name. You may need to write down barista that I see every morning. You may need to write down coworker whose name I haven't even learned yet, but I see every single day. You may need to write down a description of someone who you haven't even reached out and learned their name yet, but they're close to you, so they are your mission field. As one of our team members joked with me this week, I don't even think I know 10 people that aren't saved. And it was a joke. But the truth is, for many of us, the longer that we're Christians, the less we care to venture out into the world that Jesus died to save. And so what I want is I want us to be the church family and I'm all about surrounding yourself with Christ followers. I want you to go deep into relationship with people who are gonna lift you up and encourage you and always point you to Jesus. And if you're a parent listening to me today, let me be very clear. Make your child's world one that is primarily full of people who are focused on Jesus. But for us, as adults and mature followers of Christ, once we have won all of the people in our circle, it is incumbent upon us to expand that circle to include more people that don't know Jesus. And once we've won those, we expand again. And once we've won those, we expand again. This is how the gospel works. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, this isn't a perfect example, but to put that in our context where I'm standing right here, you will be my witnesses in Lathrop and in San Joaquin County and in California in the United States and to the end of the earth. We start where we are and as we move faithfully day in and day out, we can bring the gospel to a world that so desperately needs the hope of Jesus. And so you're gonna start where you are and you're gonna keep moving until the day that Jesus comes back. You'll put those names on this card. And then what you're gonna do is you're gonna come back on Thursday night at 6 p.m. for one hour for our midweek. And for the next four weeks, our focus, our hard, true, focused, laser point objective is to talk about how we tell other people about Jesus. Because here's the secret. It is not my job as a pastor to go out and get your friends saved. It is my job as a pastor to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to give you every encouragement, every exhortation, every resource, every challenge I can possibly give you to go out and be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. And so you're gonna come back for four weeks and we're just gonna pick up some tools and some tips and this is for all ages. And then we're gonna move 
and we're gonna put uh, the rubber to the road on this calling because I'm not gonna wait for someday. People are dying and going to hell now. So one more time, I'm gonna pray this salvation prayer. You're gonna say yes to Jesus or if you already have, you're gonna join me in celebrating that you said yes. And if you're not sure, I think it's time to be sure. And then after I pray, you're gonna come up whether you just got saved right now or you were saved 50 years ago and you think you know more than me. And you're gonna come up and get a card and you're gonna go back to your seat and you're gonna pray and you're gonna come up with 10 names and we're gonna take the gospel to a world that needs it. Bow your head and close your eyes. Say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe you sent your son to take the punishment for my sins. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and I accept the gift of eternal life. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. As the worship team plays and I pray over you today, would you get up out of your seat, come get a card and allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you this morning. joining us online and by faith if you're joining us well after the fact 
weeks from now, years from now, there's a reason that God has you listening and there's no reason you can't pull out a scratch piece of paper or your phone right now and write down 10 names because this gospel is timeless. But it does have a time limit, doesn't it? You might feel a little beat up this morning. That's okay. There's a difference between hurt and harm. And I'm willing to hurt a little bit so that we don't bring harm to a world that is lost without Jesus. And if you need help, if you need resourcing, if you have questions, if you just said yes to Jesus and you need to know the next step, it would be my grand honor to walk that road with you. So you come find me or you put it on your connect card and you link arms with the people around you. This is the church that God has placed you in for such a time as this. So let's walk these roads together. This week, I hope that you'll come to group, not because that's the only way you can study the Bible, but because that's the way that God has called this church at this time to study the Bible together. And so on Thursday night at six, we'll continue talking about what it means to take the gospel to the world. I am so proud to be a church part of a church that will do anything short of sin to reach people that don't know Jesus. And so may God bless you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you may abound in every good work. God bless you, church. You're dismissed.